Hello, this is Fam Electric Ghost. Um, welcome, psychopaths. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're yeah. ready. Hi. So, um, we are recording. Uh, this is not live, but we are recording now. So okay. um, thank you for being on the program. We are a podcast program where we interview indie artists from around the world. We've been active since 2018. And uh, we're, thank you for... Thank you for having us. Well, that's a pleasure. Thank you. So you are a Swedish, French, alternative, pop, post-punk duo <laughs> yeah. uh, based in, based, yeah, based in uh, Sweden. That's a little mouthful. But um, so it's Anna and Julian. Yep. That's right. So yeah. you guys have different, you have different backgrounds geographically, as I just uh, indicated. But you have the same like focus on uh, the genre. With it's like a genre that you know, if you know, I'm an artist as well. That the post-punk kind of alternative zone is I've been in that along with progressive rock. That's kind of what the ghost is all about. But yeah, I'm very much um, into the, your style of music. I've been listening to your SoundCloud EP. And uh, you, you guys have a really good 80s sound. You've got that kind of new romantic post-punk sound from the bands I love from that period of like, a, like a, you know, Joy Division, New Order, um, that kind of vibe. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to talk to you. Oh, oh, nice to hear. Thank you very much. So I sent you the questions and we usually start off with that and then we'll kind of go through how they link up with your bio. Um, so so when did you first get into music? Who wants to go first and at like what age? Maybe I start. This is Anna speaking. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess um, I started off maybe when I was eight or nine or something. You know, I grew up in a really small town in the, near the west coast in Sweden. And I started playing uh, classical piano and clarinet and I was uh, joining the marching band. And I actually joined everything that you could do in this small city. I was uh, by baton twirling and I was dancing. Um, you know, I've always been, uh, you know, have had this uh, um, creative uh, mood. So whatever comes into my room, it's really interesting. So, well, and then um, somehow I got into different punk bands and uh, gothic bands when I was a teenager. And then after that, I was uh, going to a ballet school and I've been dancing and um, working as a professional dancer and um, performing artist for a long time. And, and yeah. And here we are. And here we are now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my name is Julian, and, and uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I'm from south of France. I was born in the north of France, but it's it's okay. <laughs> uh, and then I'm t a typical kind of figure. I was um, 16, and you know, music like Nirvana, Soundgarden, all that kind of sounds were coming really, even in France, a lot on the radio, and I was really inspired by that, but... Uh, I always had an interest in playing guitar, but I never really, I'm, I don't know, dead or really try to like de go deep in there and learn to play. So, but that was the the, the first uh, impulse, I would say. 
So um, I got a cheap guitar, as I said, when I was 16, and I, I just learned to play some songs, you know, for Pearl Jam. Uh, my main influence, though, was ACDC. I really, really, I love those riffs, really, like, I always liked the, the, the mix with groove and rock and, you know, like a raw sound. But anyway, it has to be a song. Like yeah, a it has to. Yeah, like a groove-oriented, like, like the Zeppelin exactly. and the ACDC are kind yeah. of like, like the Aerosmiths exactly. of the world. And the Queens of the world, they're kind of like that 70s power heavy metal Funk yeah. kind of thing. I mean, because even Zeppelin yeah. kind of had a groove because it's all kind of in the blues, you know. So if you if you've kind of based your music on a rock kind of blues, exactly, base, then you're gonna have have that groove that Zeppelin had had that mm. groove that you know that those type of bands had. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I always loved. It. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, uh, even when I was a little bit later on, maybe when I was seventeen, then came the the death metal, Pantera, that kind of stuff. Also. Which I also mm -hmm. like, but it it's it always been about you know that kind of stuff like nice groovy, uh, heavy sound. I always yeah. love that. Even you know stuff like Corn, Incubus. I mean all all the all the decades I've been through. I always liked you know some stuff uh, like based on it. That's interesting because I think yeah, I've always, I was all you know personally as a musician. I was always I mean I I'm a keyboardist right, so mm -hmm. I was drawn to guys like you know. Like uh, you know Rick Wakeman, oh yeah, and uh, you know Tony Banks oh, and awesome. uh, stuff like Genesis that. Genesis is know? awesome because I'm a I'm yeah yeah I'm a synthesizer. So I have modes, right? I have Rollins. I have like Polysense. Oh polysynth. yeah. So I'm a big fan fan of that style because as a musician, you know Hammond B3 or Roland Ooh. Jupiter, you know any of those Overheim stuff like that. There's stuff you can do yeah. with those that that. That actually kind of is a really interesting because I like jazz, you know. So I like jazz, I like funk, I like, you know, Bootsy Collins and oh, George me Clinton, too, psychedelic uh, and everything. Burn I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But the thing I also like was interesting being a keyboardist. And like I like that punk aesthetic from like the Ramones or the Huskadu or the Replacements mm -hmm. or bands like Joy Division that had this kind of post-punk thing. Yeah, you know, Blondie and. What, yeah, what I like about that, I, I, what I like about that is that they yeah. weren't the greatest musicians, but they, in, they they could create a sound anywhere with, which was more based on attitude and not really like the musicianship, as opposed to, for example, as you yeah. said, Genesis, which were amazing musicians, and even uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yeah, like yeah exactly. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, the, the thing is, the problem with the seventies, like purest musicians who became like, like, like you know the temple musicians at the top of the temple. The problem with that, people rebelled against it, where you got the clash and the sex pistols was like, you know, the entrance. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. You know, and, and people kind of like the blues, the blues, you know, if you think about the traditional Delta mm -hmm. blues that, you know, black musicians yeah. were kind of in, it's like, you know, that's not exactly too hard. You have to have soul and you have sure. to have an attitude. It's a lot about culture also. kind of brought. Yeah, culture and attitude and the punk aesthetic, I think, brings about honesty. Exactly. Right. So you're able, as a songwriter, you're able to be mm, honest. Exactly. And you're able to kind of express your emotion. Yeah. And I think that's why people like death metal, they like grunge, they like punk. In the punk aesthetic, to me, like in a band like 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 uh, yeah. Joy Division, is the, the whole idea is that you get this punk aesthetic and you can kind of play with it and you can be a little bit more precise and you can you can actually bring musicianship mm. to it, but not maybe not like like a Jimmy Page and not an Eric Clapton, 
but you can still do something really yeah. significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think once you become, you know, at ease with your own choice in genre, you can become a standard bearer in that genre. Sure. And, and if you get really, you know, into it, you don't have to be exactly. Perfect. You just have to be. Perfect. Exactly. I guess I think that is much more interesting when, you know, everything isn't that perfect. It's more about the, your feelings and being honest, just like you said. Mm. But anyway, yeah, so I mean, I'm totally a fan of that. So I see that so your your influences are like dead on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, yeah, sure. So I started there and I, I learned to play a bit more. And I mean, when I was young, it went quite fast for me. I could play all right when I was already 18. So then I was tired. I, I never I've never been really good in school. And I thought it was like too strict and, you know, it's not, it doesn't, it wasn't really my place, but whatever. So I just did an audition and I got a job as a musician when I was 18. So then I left and I did music all my life, pretty much. Well, that's, that's a good thing to be able to do because a lot of musicians I talk to, even on this channel, it, they can't do it as their mm. primary thing. You know, they, they do it because they love it. Mm. Uh, but it's hard to get to be that working musician that you actually can. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of artists strive for that. Even actors strive for that. You know, I think all creative people strive to be able to do what mm. they, they're passionate about. Um, but the world tends to not monetize. Yeah, of that. course. <laughs> I actually I was actually working full time as a prof- professional singer. And uh, I've been working with different cover bands and with musicals and and shows and all kinds of stuff. But it was always, you know, something that was coming inside of me that, you know, this need to do something that was more honest, you know. Um, and then it's mm-hmm. much harder, of course. Yeah, the wor- yeah, working. Yeah, I think as a working musician, you know, you can become a studio musician. You can be in an orchestra. You can be a producer, you can, you know, play other people's songs. I think the hard thing is like a lot of creative people, they want to be that singer songwriter. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I'm in, in my fifties, I grew up in the seventies, right? So I'm kind of marked by the age of the singer songwriter yeah. and, you know, in the age of vinyl, everything I listened to, I could listen to a complete yeah, of project, course. you know, every song, every, yeah. And so the idea of the singer songwriter is deep in my consciousness because I grew mm. up in that era. And, and and it's really kind of hard in this new era where everything's like a Spotify playlist and it's just like, oh, maybe two, two minutes yeah. I hear from sure. multiple bands and I can't really get the vibe yeah, of exactly. a full project. That's why I appreciated your EP on SoundCloud because I was able to hear like a full concept of mm. what your band is, you know, not just two minutes. I was yeah. able to hear more. And that, that's, that's something I like to do. I know a lot of people say maybe aren't in that zone. But um, that's cool that you guys were able to like translate, you know, being working musician to actually having your own project. Hmm. Yeah. So, so that goes into the question of like, you know, like when did you guys decide that as musicians that you wanted to write your own music? Because a lot of musicians, you know, the working musicians, they don't necessarily write their own music. I guess um, I started some some yeah. uh, some years ago, maybe fifteen years ago, when I was started singing on other demos and for other singing songwriters and uh, you know I was uh, buying my own uh, recording studio and started to you know practicing at home and learning how to produce and record 
and then uh, I was really, you know, interesting in interested in different sounds, and I was starting to play with synth sounds and put some distortion on them. And uh, you know, I'm not a guitarist, but I'm also been listening a lot to to, for example, Rage Against the Machine. You know, with all this uh, love, how powerful yeah, was... <laughs> riffs and stuff. And yep. I try to, you know, make those riffs, but with, with, with my, my synth, synthesizer instead. So I guess uh, that was something that was, <laughs> that was uh, something I was starting to do like 15 years ago. So, um, yeah. And then I, I. Well, hmm? I'd like to kind of dive into, can I dive into that about using synthesizers to do kind of guitar sounds? That's kind of something that I've been very interested hmm. in. I've always felt that synthesizers can be aggressive. Oh, yeah. But they can. But you, you don't have to use them. <laughs> that they can. Yeah. That they, they could be like a, you know, like Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor. Sure. Exactly. You, know, you can take them And they also, the, the, pro can, the progeny is also, you know, really hard. And it's, it's only synthesizers and, and uh, electro music. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. And it's also riff-based music, actually. And uh, I like it. Yeah, because a lot of things, I think a lot of heavy metal, you know, a lot of, like, if you get into, like, uh, you know, a lot of heavy metal bands were, like, very anti-synth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they were like, well, you know, that's going to be, that's kind of, oh, I don't need that. You know, that's like dream pop, it's a synth new wave, they're mm -hmm. totally against it. But but the fact is that you can be very aggressive with a synthesizer if you choose to, yeah. you know, dive into yeah. it. And, um that's been like my zone for many, many years. I've spent years trying to make my Rollins sound like a Marshall stack, you know, making my, my mode kick off that kind of aggressive <laughs> Trent Reznor progeny, you know, type of thing. That's what I, I kind of like yeah. what the ghost does is what I do. I spend a lot of time. It's all, it's all synth. It's not, no good. It, we've yeah. done a lot of experiment like, also um, uh, with that kind of stuff like synth and, you know, like uh, stuff like chaos pads, for example. And, uh, uh, I had I had a pedal board, for example, where she could plug her uh, Nord. She has she had now you sold it, but she has a she had a Nord keyboard, you know. Nord. Yeah. yeah, and we we plugged yeah, in all cool. kinds of sort of uh, pedals and you know delays. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so yeah. funny. It's yeah, like the old school. We love it. Yeah, it's so it. nice. <laughs> you can hear it on the on the EP. Uh, it, it's there's quite a lot of yeah, keyboards yeah, actually. Sometimes. Um, one can think that it's guitar, but it's actually keyboards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, did, I did pick up on that because I'm kind of like, that's what I've been doing for the last like, okay. 10 years. <laughs> but but um, it's interesting because like, one of the things I do is I actually have a Roland that was actually built with Boston uh -huh. Lex built into it. Um, there, was, there, was a, there was a Juno oh, from amazing. like eight years ago called a GI. And it actually has like every Roland stomp mm. box built into it and so when it does guitar it uses like supernatural waveforms against boss effects that you can chain on top oh, of yeah. each other tons of effects <laughs> um and then it actually can cut the use of supernatural if you don't understand supernatural sounds kind of can mimic a real instrument and so it can actually kick yeah. off feedback and harmonics and all kinds of stuff and and with the pedals you can actually kick in wah-wahs and full oh, boss pedals embedded into the into the sound into the preset mm. it actually can be saved that way and so that and then i actually bring in heavy tones mm. through a model d mode 
and combine that. And then because I get the analog signal with the digital signal and the effects, I can get something that kind of approximates yeah. guitar. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just something I want. Cause I'm a frustrated guitar player. I, I, did, I tried to play guitar when I was a kid. And my brother was able to pick up a Fender Strat, and he could do it. And I tried it, couldn't do it. And I just grabbed grabbed a, like a roll a roll in Juno, and then I was like, "Oh, I actually know how to do it." And I just it's okay. Well, that's where I was gonna be. But now, last uh, Christmas, I actually bought myself an, an a guitar. So you know, now I can plug in it cool. and uh, hang it on, and I yeah. actually pinned it, so it's you know really cool. And I actually almost feel like a guitarist but it's a guitar but it's so yeah guitars are kind of like yeah it, like some people <laughs> love the guitar and i, I actually kind of it's a deal breaker like, actually like, almost. Like, well well some people they think they get really like oh you got but but um but the other thing i kind of like like intimidating people with a big stack of uh sense that end up approximating the same thing now when they're not mobile but i think you can kind of do a mm. keith emerson kind of thing which can or you know or rick wakeman or bernie warrell thing but yeah either way however you do it it's cool because i think it's cool and i have used guitars to get in i gotta go to new york and stuff because you want to get exactly connected to, the, yeah. to the audience and that's one thing being a keyboardist is if you're behind a big stack of hammond b3s and wolitzers and yamaha pianos mm -hmm. like people don't see mm -hmm. and it's hard to connect to the crowd you know so you want to connect to that crowd and that's yeah. where the guitar kind of does yeah. that so that's interesting so your influences i kind of get into i can hear it um but like if you're going to name check some of the bands that really inspired you who who would you say are the ones that inspired you the most oh it's so hard i mean from the 80s actually we also grew up in the 70s so my big influences from the 80s i guess would be cindy loper but then uh, take that with uh, a little bit of Gwen Stefani and mix it with Beck and some some uh, some uh, elements from Rage Against the Machine, and then I think we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do actually hear all that. I do hear all those because I'm kind of a, a historian on music, so I yeah. know exactly who you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So would you would you continue like? I, and I heard some of your um like the heavy metal influences on, on the other side. Yeah. Um, any other ones? Um, on my side, it's, as we said, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin. Um, I mean, it's very broad. I love almost every kind of music, but uh, as a guitar player, it would be like Led Zeppelin, as I said, ACDC. I also love a band called King's X that not so many people know, but they are legendary. Uh, um, I, yeah, yeah. I absolutely I love, I also love, like crossover music, like, um, you know, Living Color, for example, which is a little bit fusion, rock, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Faith No More. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but also, they had my time, you know, with like uh, guitar players like Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, that kind of, I mean, I, I really mm -hmm. try to embrace any kind of music. Yeah, I love classical. Yeah. Actually, the only thing I studied is classical. I never took any guitar lesson. That's interesting. <laughs> well, it's interesting that, that a lot of musicians, you know, come from like, like potentially they could have gone like conservatory or gone into orchestras, 
but they kind of felt like, you know, it's like the whole thing. Everybody heard the Beatles wants to do a band, right? (laughs) And it's not going to be, it's not going to be a quartet, you know, like classical quartet. Um, But, but it's interesting um, that, that, you know, I think that skill set, like there's like you talk about the Joe Satriani's and the Van Halen's and a lot of heavy metal guitar players kind of, you know, in the heavy metal era, actually take from classical, yeah. you know, construction and yeah. in in the way they play. Um, which is not not like what Hendrix or Clapton or, you know, Dwayne Allman, you know, because I kind of, or Keith Richards, I, you know, I kind of come up in the time that guys like Dwayne Allman and Keith Richards and Hendrix is kind of like more my mm-hmm. vibe. Me too, I, I love like it. That kind of plan because you kind of, because it's just kind of, I love that kind of integration with yeah, African yeah, American yeah, culture yeah. Um, that, that that kind of created that sound. And the classical is cool, but it doesn't go there uh, as much. Um, and so that, that's why I love yeah. funk and I love jazz. Um, and I like like a band. Yeah, like sure, I know it, of course. Like a very From the end of 70s. Super experimental, you know, jazz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of what I do with expansive sound is I'm trying to integrate a Sun Ra sound with like a P-Funk uh-huh. sound with a little Hendrix. And oh, there you have it. it. <laughs> <laughs> because that's kind of what I, where I am. So I, I like bands across multiple genres. And the interesting thing today is bands like yourself, like the Psychopets, you guys are kind of crossing multiple genres. You know, you can hear a little hip hop. You hear the new wave. You hear the heavy metal. It's really cool you, you say that, but uh, actually it depends on how you see it because... Uh, Sometimes if we play our music to some friends, for example, which are also working in the music industry, for example, they would think it's a problem because, uh, you know, we live in a world of experts uh, today. So you really have to be an expert, like an awesome jazz musician or an awesome hard rock or heavy musician, uh, heavy metal musician. But when you start to, you know, bend genres and uh, try to make something else or like stuff you like and put it in your music then people start to lose it because they don't feel it goes together pretty much i don't know if you understand what i mean yeah i understand yeah there's a lot of purists that are like you know if you get into like if you think about electronic music today and people yeah. think mm-hmm. you're a dj right or they don't yeah. they don't think you're keith emerson they they don't think they don't talk about rick wakeman they don't talk about Bernie world they talk mm. about like a dj and so, like, being an electronic musician, I'm kind of from the schools, like, you know, well, Rick Wakeman, mm. that's an electronic musician. <laughs> and so, 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 so when you get people that are so in their lane, you know, like, oh, yeah. EDM's got to have the drop. It's trance. It's got to be this. And if you try to integrate, like, like yeah. some bebop into an EDM song, yeah. they're like, oh, what are you doing? But anyway, if you take all the greats, almost yeah, it's, they it's, yeah. they actually mix mixture. Uh, they I mean, mix uh, look of, at uh, Faith No More, for example. I yeah. mean, there's also yeah. a lot of different styles. But genre. Beck is a great example. And Beck as well, and uh, I mean, yeah, I mean Beck is the king. Of, he came up with kind of this kind of yeah, kind of like hipster. He was a hipster doing kind of this kind of kind of pop focus kind of like oh i'm just gonna be this kind of loser vibe of the and then mixing hip-hop and yeah. then yeah he went into funk and then he went into like doing like dylan like uh yeah. on the yeah. tracks type of stuff um so so he 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 he's been allowed to like well that can be that but then like somebody new can't do that it's like to me it's like 
you know, if you look at Hendricks, yeah. Hendricks broke all the rules. He had to run the board half the time. Yeah, that's why I love breaking him. the rules. And, you know, they would, yeah. you know, cause, cause people wouldn't want to record what he heard. And he said, well, you can't do that. And he said, well, yes, you mm. should. And, he, you know, um, so I think when you're breaking the rules, that's exactly. a good sign. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for saying that because we've been hearing the opposite for, for many, too many times now. It's like, who, yeah. who is going to. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the, the management in the record industry is notorious for being on the wrong side of like the thing that actually is the next big thing. You mm-hmm. know, like like the, nobody saw Nirvana coming. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's nobody, true. Yeah, they, they told Queen, they told Queen to take Bohemian Raps yeah. and cut it yeah, down to like exactly. three minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 you can't go by people like that because all they want to do mm. is just clone yeah. the last hit. That's typically the record industry just wants to. But the, the, the biggest problem with that, the biggest problem with that is actually the monetization of music. I mean, right now we do this for fun. We were we, we used to earn money with playing or singing, you know, uh, as professionals. But uh, I think sometimes it could be a drawback to like, uh, you know, if you want to have like money quickly, I, I, I would say. It it can be anti yeah, it can yeah. be anti creative and the thing is um, yeah. uh, if I can talk about us a bit I mean it's like all the songs you heard they were like demos from Anna which were like quite nicely done already but we just reworked them with this uh, cons- oh, this this kind of band we have now and uh, I try to influence a bit a bit but it's mainly her songs and. Uh, it it just came up like this. We never tried to sound like this or like that. It just this mix of we did what, what felt yeah, was yeah. best for the song actually. Yeah, but uh, we, we yeah you served the song. yeah, yeah exactly serving yeah, exactly. serve the song. I think is the best thing mm. you can do. But we knew it was like we knew it was cool, but we knew that like, it was it wouldn't be for everybody. We knew it's not gonna we're not gonna make it like huge and be on Spotify with million views at least not right now. <laughs> But uh, it's not the plan, actually. No, we, we just want to have fun and experiment with our, yeah, you know, what yeah, we and, like. And if someone likes it, then it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you think about it, like, I've been a big fan of music, right? That I tend to like bands that were like under, you know, undersold or not known. Like, like one of my yeah. favorite mm-hmm. bands, the Velvet Underground. You know, the Velvet Underground in their time yeah. were not successful. They are you know, huge now. But now are, are, are basically in, in, yeah, institutional as like the beginning of yeah. alternative rock. You know, is, is basically everything Lou Reed did and John Cale did, all that stuff they did was actually the precursor to what, you know, you get bands like R.E.M. and Wilco and, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's all based on Lou Reed's attitude of, of that you can kind of do, it, yeah. you don't have to talk about love that you can actually talk about the dark side of the street, you know, and, and bring that kind of dark vibe into pop where you can talk about drug abuse. You can yeah. talk about all kinds of things that are not exactly. part of pop songs. Actually, the, the, my, the lyrics, so, my songs. Yeah, about... The lyrics are quite important. Uh, I mean, important. It's, I mean, it's always with a, a dose of irony and humor and, you know, everything, but, uh, uh, Anna has uh, she she's writing lyrics and uh, she has you know her subjects and and I think it's 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 uh, interesting. 
Yeah, what I like about it, can it remind me of kind of like Lou Reed? If you're listening to like White Light, White Heat, or you're waiting for the man, and like I, I kind of pick up like a Lou Reed vibe where you're talking about things, kind of dark things. I mean, even the titles of some of the songs, you know, are <laughs> in the movie Kill. Um, you know, it's like you're going into a direction that is not normal pop. It's like in, it, it actually is kind of in the new wave era. A lot of bands did that, you know, like television. Um, yeah. They did stuff like Joy Division had those kind of, that kind of content because mm-hmm. they were kind of following what Lou did. Um, and, and then they were taking it with a punk attitude. And then the new romantic attitude kind of kind of, what I like is when you get like into these like spaces where you can let the synth yeah. kind of play out and you can play with different tones and you can play with the beats because you're using drum machines or using other electronic capabilities, but you're not always trying to make a, a dance here. You're trying to make a statement because you're actually a songwriter using tools that some people would just do to do beats, but other people do to actually make you know, mm. statements through songwriting. Um, and, and I do like the fact that you, you're, you're telling stories, which is what the whole point of being a songwriter is, to tell mm. a story in some way. What, you know, it doesn't sure. always have to be a happy story. I think also it's about the mood. I know when you wrote some songs, you were like uh, happy or very uh, angry or, you know, you had different moods. And I know that you, I guess you wrote the song with that kind of moods and you, and they, it, it transpires uh, through the song. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 you know. Yeah, you maybe talk about, like, do you want to talk about, like, maybe she's yeah. so bizarre. Maybe tell me <laughs> how you back came about. Well, it was actually, you know, I was um, for a very long time. You know, when you, when you try too much to be, uh, how can I say this right? You know, political correct. You try to, you know, stay on the right side of the road. You always, you know go with the with the stream you don't stick out you you don't want to stick out you don't want to do this and that and you yeah, you yeah. feel you know along the way that you're getting more and more dishonest to yourself and uh, i guess uh, mm-hmm. when you only trying to walk this you know narrow road it gets you know the walls uh, suddenly are starting to closing up on you and and uh, what happened to me was that suddenly you know this other side of me you know it was like almost a monster that was coming from inside that just wanted you know to break through to you know really really uh, put down all the walls and you know see reality what what the fuck am i doing here what who am i in all this and you know so this was um, a reaction i guess and you know um, it's it's basically you know the, the verse is, is about this girl that I really hate. I know a girl, she's so bizarre, metal to the floor when she's driving the car. You know, she's really angry. She's really nasty. She's, you know, doing everything that you shouldn't do. And of course, that, that, that woman is me. But, uh, you know, when the, when the refrain is coming, yeah. when the chorus is coming, <laughs> you know, it's the other me saying to this girl, all I want to do is go bang, 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 start a little war with the girl next door. You know, you shouldn't be here. You know, I don't want yeah. to hear about you. I don't want to see you. Get out of my way. You're, you know, you really disturbing my my path, my life. I just want to, you know, close my eyes and continue. And it's a, you know, it's oh, it's such a bizarre thing to, you know, wake up to feeling that oh, I'm not really honest with myself. I'm doing something really wrong. Who am I? You know, 
I guess maybe every everyone comes to that point what, sometime yeah. in life when you when you don't you know the years just uh, go by and you're not really reflecting you're not really maybe you you're focusing on wrong wrong things actually and suddenly something else is you know waking up. Well, I think it's great about music is like it takes a lot of elements of poetry, you know. And if you're a songwriter, you take the kind of capabilities of like being able to be a writer, you know, whether mm-hmm. you write a novel or a script. And you know, a lot of people dive into heavy things as a songwriter, and you know, self-examination is yeah. a lot of like songwriting. It's the, some people will take characters. And yeah. like, I like the idea. I've been using it for years exactly. of the other me. And the other, the other, yeah, the other me and this idea, like, songwriters tend to, like, Dylan. Dylan, Dylan did his whole mm-hmm. album, like, Blood on the Tracks. And it's supposed <laughs> to be about him, right? But Dylan has this whole thing where he creates these characters mm-hmm. and, like, other parts of himself. These other characters. And, and it's supposed to be about his divorce, but he creates these characters in, in Tangled Up in Blue that are, like, Except, you know, well, he didn't yeah. do those things in that story, but they're, they're representations of this other vision of himself. That's like an allegory that you can understand. And then when you're great songwriters, you know, they're able to do that, you know, they are able to take and whether or not they're great or not to me, even indie songwriters, like in the alternative area that are honest and actually do what you did, like talk about this other part of themselves and be honest that maybe they're there. There's this part of myself that mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about, but now I'm thinking about it and I'm putting it into a song. That's how like people in the indie world connect with other um, with their fans because they're they're telling yeah. these stories that people can understand um, yeah. and feel, you know. And I think a yes. feeling is the big thing. So that that yeah, I totally get that because I mean that's that's a large part of what I do. Uh, you know, in my music, with the idea like Josephine Electric is the other me as the female part of me. I, I created her with all my synthesizers and boycotted to create this mm. female vision of myself that talks about things that like, like the female part of me. So I'm just doing this whole different thing mm. that's like not expected. And it's not going <laughs> to get me in the top 10, <laughs> but, 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 but it's kind of like, it got me where I am right now. Um, but it's like, you know, it's just something I felt like I wanted to do. And it's a different way of expressing. It. I, I feel like mm. you can be like a method actor as a musician. You, you can, you can turn your song, mm, yeah. it can be very cathartic to, to kind of let yourself totally be without bounds in terms of your creativity yeah. and see where you can go. And it's so nice that to do that you have, you know, like a free, free space or something where you can really let your feelings out and say whatever you feel like. And it doesn't even have to be you saying it, actually. As you say, that you can pretend that it's a, that's a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like in the mood yeah. to kill. Yeah, your song, like in the in the mood to kill. I mean, that that's something some people are like, oh, you know, the PC world mm. can look at that literally, and then they get all <laughs> you know, angry about what you say. But you know, as a writer, you 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 have you know, you take an idea, you look at something, and and people are so literal yeah. today, they've yeah. forgotten. Like as a writer, it's what you, crazy. What you can do I think it's it so crazy. <laughs> oh, that song is like. Hmm? So maybe talk about like yeah, in the mood to kill, and like where you where. You're well, from. this was actually just a feeling uh, that I got when I was watching a documentary about pedophilia, 
And, uh, you know, I just felt I'm gonna go out there and just find those bastards and, and shoot them to death. Well, it's, I mean, I guess it's a kind of normal feeling you get when you, when you watch these things that that's happening. So it's nothing yeah. more than that, actually. It's uh, just, you know, in my fantasy, well, after I saw this documentary, I had this strong feeling that this is so wrong. How can these fucking people get away with something like this? And how can these people be in this power and, you know, have uh, themselves behind other backs uh, and protecting each other? It's, oh, I, you know, I was just so disgusted. Yeah. So this song was basically about me getting out, you know, just finding those bastards and shooting them to death. And I, I know that's politically correct, and I, so it like you, I know, yeah. but it's, it's just yeah. a feeling. No, but but like I think, yeah. Well, I think a lot of times in music and art, like you use it to be cathartic. You know, a lot of what I do, and what a lot of musicians I've talked to, you know, like mm -hmm. music is kind of like their own therapy to themselves. Like as an artist, if you're a painter, your painting kind of yeah. represents all your feelings. And as a musician, because we can actually speak in, in poetry and, 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 and vocals that we can represent like pain and feelings, you, you, you can express that. And it's like, that's, mm. that's an honest moment. That's what it is. And it's art. It's art. It's like any kind of expressionism or anything. It's like you're representing what you feel. And some people yeah. use art in a different way. They kind of create a character or they try to be a couple steps removed from it and it's just like oh it's just a fun track it's just really yeah and everybody probably does that too yeah I mean, you as a musician you'll create a track one day and it's like oh well that's actually kind of poppy i didn't really mean to do that but it came out that way and it's kind of like it, 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 to me as an artist i would make a question to you guys do you find things that come to you or do you like agonize about how you make it or you know is it kind of come anyway you like how do you guys like what's your most common way of writing a song do you kind of let it come to you or do you try to actually construct it actually for me it's way? more it's it's um i get uh, you know a content and uh, maybe some some words and a feeling and then i starting with uh, the bass line and with the beat what what is the what is the beat what what is the bass line and then are starting around this with a, with a feeling of the song, what shall it uh, express? So, uh, yeah, I guess it's um, the feeling, the content, and then sitting down. Maybe I have this, you know, urge to, you know, crash something, <laughs> break something. And I have to do it with music, you know, and yeah, then, that's kind of, that's yeah. kind of punk so, right you know, I started <laughs> maybe with, yeah, with a really aggressive bass melodies and, um, and I put some distortion on it and yeah, yeah there, we, there, there I have it. <laughs> that, kind of, that death metal kind of punk vibe is, you know, the Johnny Rotten, like, you know, you know, God save the queen is like, they got this attitude yeah. like yeah i want to rip it up he's like the ramones you know he's like you, you, you get this idea that the punk aesthetic and they even like you know like when you get into mm -hmm. nirvana and pole jam they brought it back i mean the sex pistols and television all those bands went away and we had all this like you know kind of fake hair metal 
and um, you know, new wave that kind of grained on people, and then people wanted something more yeah. substantial, and then Kurt Cobain gave it to him, and then Eddie yeah. Vedder gave it to him, and then Soundgarden gave it to him, and Allison Chains gave it to him, and then it had like a wow, mm. like, you can mm. you can be angry, you know, you can you can express. Yeah, that it's in, quite in, funny in because uh, actually there we work very differently. Anna is very she's very quick when she has an idea, it's like. Everything comes like it comes at you. You have like a lyric, you have a melody, you have a, maybe sometimes a chord progression or a bass line. So she's like, she's just like, you know, like opening the, the computer, slamming everything in there, and then <laughs> she's, she's leaving. It's like mess everywhere, but the song is there. And then that, that's when I come in. <laughs> Clean up. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And put, you know, everything too. in different colors <laughs> and, you know, or maybe we can uh, cut this because this is muted, this track. So why do you need this? Oh, there's something, you know, I didn't. And you just clean up and then you put some uh, guitars and, you know, yeah. So yeah. That, I, it's a good collaboration. Mm. It's, it's really funny. Sometimes... Uh, yeah, well, then I clean up, I clean up the project, <laughs> and then when the project is clean, and I laid my guitars and some ideas, then we meet together in the studio, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a, I don't know, a synth solo," and then I have to get out almost because she can't work when I'm here. <laughs> so she's just like, you know, throwing yeah. her idea again, maybe five ten minutes, and sometimes I'm. I mean, it's so funny when I get in into the studio, she's so into it. She doesn't even see me, <laughs> but uh, we're we very different on that mm -hmm. side. I would say. You're more st uh, st structured. Uh. Mm. Well, I think that's cool. And the individualism is great. And if you think about like a story about the who, you know, the who were very interesting because there are four mm -hmm. individual personalities all going different directions <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah, and somehow somehow it works, and you have all cacophony. yeah exactly. Like Moon does he does what he wants, beat. but the, the, but the but the who he does what he wants. But the, for the who, it works. In the other band, it wouldn't work. But within the who, he goes off and he doesn't keep the beat. Actually, um, like even Entrosa was not exactly keeping the beat because he's soloing yeah. too. Actually, Pete's keeping yeah. the beat with, with guitar, and and it's like no. that is not the normal structure of a rock band, um, and. And, and I always thought that was interesting, and it and it, it worked. That you had all these disparate personalities, mm. and sometimes it's really interesting in a group or in a duo. Yeah, where yeah it's true. You have this kind of dynamicism where you that that the opposites or different tastes actually create something that individually you would not create, but when you get together as that duo or group, that mm. the, the whole mm. creates this whole new thing that you would not do individual <laughs> which is why it makes you guys psychopaths yeah thank you i think that's cool about every great band i've ever read i've been like a music historian reading about everything you know and like the birth of pink the sid barrett pink floyd you know like uh alex chilton's big star the, you know the birth of the velvets um you know all kinds of disparate artists you know going back to lead belly and, and guys you know sun Ra and johnny cash but it's like, you know, everybody's story is so different. And it's like a lot of things in art, it's actually like yeah, it is. the kind of cacophony or the, the kind of but that's... like the things that don't work or the things that people that didn't think were going to work 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What you describe <laughs> now, uh, it's actually what I miss now with these times and the way we consume music today. Uh, I always felt like music is like a way of life. It's a lifestyle. Uh, there's so many characters, there's so many different ways, there's so many wrongs uh, that it's, it's endless, pretty, pretty much. It's endless when you start like, uh, of course, listening to music, but also getting into the people who are playing this music. It's like, it's endless. For me, it's lifestyle. And I, I quite miss that uh, a little bit when, I'm, when we're not on the road or... Yeah, it's very hard. Mm. Yeah, that kind of gets into today's world as a musician. Now that we're in this COVID lockdown, you kind of internationally, and musicians, you know, in the same way that, you know, I'm talking yeah. to you because of technology that's similar to streaming um, and I'm able to do this. But in the same way, I can I can find you on SoundCloud or Spotify when you you know that. But the problem is, we musicians we usually make money by touring or being in you know selling merch or being physically yeah. in mm. venues. To, that's how we make money um, because our you know it's always been kind of like that. Even in the days of vinyl, you know the bands like you know the Motown bands yeah, they didn't yeah, yeah. make any money from the records; they made it from touring. You know because you know the industry has always made it hard for the artists to make money. From the physical yeah. record, you usually make it from touring. Um, um, and now that we can't tour, it's been very difficult. And so, a lot of people are creating a lot of art, but we still got the core problem mm. of not being able to actually earn any money from that art. So, what what are your kind of feelings about you know strategies uh, as a band? I mean, every every musician primarily does it because they love to do, mm -hmm. it, and they were going to do it whether they made money or not. But what are your kind of feelings about what, what the strategies are you know, going oh, so, into 2021? It's so difficult artist? because actually just um, this last week we were, you know, talking about this. How, how are we going to do now? How are we going to release our music uh, without playing live? Uh, are we just going to, you know, put it on Facebook and Instagram on on uh, Spotify, on Tidal, or SoundCloud, or shall we, you know, and, and uh, as soon as we put it on SoundCloud, you know, there are different st streaming services that, oh, we, we can make a lot of uh, views for you. Uh, you know, it's a jungle. I have no idea, actually. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the same yeah. when I when I get into this and, you know, start to want to find new artists and music it's so difficult where should i start it's a oh, it's a jungle i i have no idea for me and julian i guess we will just continue doing this uh for fun mostly and because we love music and we'll we have we have to be creative to you know keep our dreams alive to have this energy of you know creating something making something and uh, have uh, uh let our feelings out in different ways and uh, we will continue doing that and uh, well we, we don't know when we when we get to to work again or when we get yeah. to you know play live again we don't know so who knows do you think about doing like you know the live streaming has there been opportunities like in some places in the u.s um they've been creating like drive-in uh, theaters where bands are able to, you know, do shows and everybody's in their car. 
um, bands have been doing like shows and clubs. Nobody's in the show, but it's live streamed and it's actually fans pay a fee. Um, and so there, there are starting to get to be in the U.S. some some ways to actually do mm-hmm. live streaming where you actually can sell tickets for like a dollar and five dollars and get your core fan base and sell them a t-shirt, sell them a button, uh, make it a whole kind of thing where a lot of bands, you know, make their money through merch or by having a t-shirt mm-hmm. or having a cassette or having a button, you know, doing a live stream doing that kind of thing we've done that actually not with this with this band but uh, as a uh, freelance musician i've been doing this with uh, another yeah Mm -hmm. but it's hard it's i don't know what do you think julian about about uh, streaming live and you know get this going with the uh i would say that if there's nothing else to do i mean if this stands for a long time then we will have to do it i guess mm. in we have to do it our way that it has to be a special place a special and we have to have a fan base mm. fan base but um i would prefer like a really small show in a small in a small club with a lot of noise but uh <laughs> but if we can do that yeah yeah do you guys have the kind of do you have that kind of driving concept in Sweden? Is there not places where they've made it so cars could come and then people could do that? I mean, in the U.S. we have old drive-ins that have been no, they, there's not there's nothing that, that I know of in Sweden. No, not places. yet. But it, there's a lot of live streamings events yeah. and stuff like Some that. Some bands but, do that, yeah. But you know, it's more like uh, in a theater or something, and you stream it and you can watch it at home. <laughs> yeah. But the cool mm. thing about that driving concept mm. is you're actually on a stage actually playing, you know, mm. yeah. in front of an audience, but they're just all in their cars. Um, and they've been doing it in L.A. a lot and um, in San Francisco and places like that. But, yeah, it's just something that, mm. I think the promoters have got to get smarter mm. about figuring out ways to uh, allow the band. And I know they've been kind of sitting there and not been able to figure it out. Mm. But it's like you got to be as creative as the net uh, to figure out how to physically get these kind of things going again. Um, uh, I know under lockdown is hard, but it's like there are ways with the kind of driving kind of thing, people in their cars, you know, that at least in the, we have a very high car culture in the U.S., so it's very possible to get that thing going faster than other places maybe. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it, 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 I think every band's been trying to figure out how to do things. You know, as, as an electronic musician, I do a lot of sync licensing I do stuff where I can try to link up, you know, my music to get it into, you know, films and stuff. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be ghost music. It could just be like, I'm just working musician music. So are you guys thinking about like producing other people, working on other people's tracks, you know, at, doing I've been doing that a like lot that actually. Working uh, I've been uh, top lining and recording uh, so, um, vocals and, uh, and stuff like that yeah. a lot actually during the years in different projects so yeah that's nice yeah i'd like to do that it's, if it's uh, the right people yeah. if it feels like a good match yeah i think mm. it's, yeah 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 you just find mm. the people i mean too i mean not yeah. uh, i played a bit uh, on different projects uh i played guitar a bit but i mixed quite a lot of uh i've been a sound engineer for a few years now i mean let's say 15 15 years so 
Yeah, so I mixed a very, oh, very different hard, kind of yeah. music, very different kinds of music, very different, uh, you know, bands from everywhere. And uh, I, I've, I've done that, actually, producing or mixing, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue doing that. Now it's not so much work in this, but still. So... Are people, you think more people are doing, like, just because they're kind of locked yeah. out, they're just trying to do whatever they I can think do it's a lot of that and, and um, the, the projects I have now booked uh, is it, it is this it is like this people are recording at home drummer bassist uh, vocalists and whatever they send the whole project and then I mix it and make sometimes I can make adjustments but uh, uh, that's the way I collaborated uh, along the years sometimes adding a guitar track if they need it mm-hmm. But we, I think it. I think it's really open for us. We would love to well, play think, with. Yeah. You know, I don't know DJs, musicians, whatever. If it's if it if it's a cool thing. Yeah. Or other, other collaborations. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of question. Like a lot of a lot of bands. Like some bands are kind of stuck, like in a genre. Like if I, I run into bands that are kind of traditional rock bands with a physical drummer, and they're kind of like they're kind of they can't even record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they can't get to their drum, <laughs> and, and then they're kind of stuck. And then some of them have tried to get the drummer to record the parts, and then since it's just not working right. Um, but it's like it's been very frustrating for some of them because like they physically have to be together yeah. to actually put the song put the songs together. Um, uh, and and so they unlike electronic bands or hip hop bands mm-hmm. or other yeah. genres that can do more in the DAW. That that they're they're actually still free to kind of perform um, and not have to to to, to be constrained by the physical you know yeah. fact that they got to have their drummer there you know. So what what, what are your kind of thoughts? Is that you feel um, the future of music in twenty twenty one? Are you feeling good about where we're gonna be by the end oh, of the year? That's what, a hard question. Thoughts? Oh. Nobody can predict it, but at, at least we know one thing. People that love to play music will continue to do it. And uh, people that are great at, at making hits mm-hmm. and, you know, huge songs will continue to do it because they make a lot of money of it and they like it. That's that's what we know. But then how it's going to go uh, with live and how it's going to go. I mean, I don't even know if there's like, uh, I guess there's still big record companies. But a lot of it, the people I know and I work with, they don't even have a record company any, and, uh, anymore. They just do it. They just do everything by themselves. Uh, so, yeah, the record companies have kind of they kind of messed themselves up by not advancing in a way that you know meets the artist. Because you got bands like Pearl Jam. And you know, yeah. Wilco, mm. these big bands, they, they they jumped off the labels because you know, waiting for the labels to pay you when you actually can track your own sales and not yeah. have to mm. worry about their accountants actually ripping you off. <laughs> um, a lot of bands, the U.S. bands, are like, like, why am I going to go to the label and they're going to pay me twice a year when I can actually do it myself and know know what I'm actually getting? And a lot of bands, like in the U.S., like if they run. Yeah you know, 10,000 vinyls at $30 each. They'll make more money yes. than if they sold 500,000 yeah. CDs. 
Uh, and so sure. it's like, why am I going to trust the record company when I can actually? Yeah. That, that's the good way. That's the good, the good way of internet <laughs> and that time. Actually, it can be great if you have a, a, a good music and if you can touch a lot of people. That I think the main problem is this: touching and reaching uh, your audience. That's the toughest way. And I know some people who are working with records and stuff like that. They told me get to be played on playlists, get to meet the people who potentially can, can like your music and then you're there. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like a, it's a jungle, as you it's, said. It's a long way and it's a struggle and you have to have a lot of time and uh, uh, you have to be stubborn. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to get, yeah, the playlist, the whole playlist game is cool but the problem is that the, the fickleness of the of the public yeah mm. you get on the playlist and like you get that one hit mm. exactly mm. it's very hard to be consistent beyond that one hit um and so what i find is like a lot of indie bands in the u.s it's like they find that you know the touring doing their own merch selling their own vinyl they're able to stay in the game they went to a label and they get one song yeah. and that mm. one song only does good for it this year yeah yeah yeah, they'll be off the label like next year, <laughs> you know. And so if they if they stay indie and produce their own vinyl, their own tapes, yeah. their own yeah. research, they could be, still be active for ten years. <laughs> and so that that's been the kind of issue, at least in the U.S. Is like a lot of bands have found I can actually keep on doing it if I make it like mm. a yeah. smaller mm. operation. I remember reading a, an interview with the you know? the owner of uh, Spotify here in Sweden. And he said, like, uh, there was a lot of, you know, talk about how other, the artists are, are going to do and everything to earn money and to live. And he said something like, yeah, but maybe some people are, have to realize that they're not fit to the new music market. Like, you have to produce one record maybe each year, if not more. Uh, and that's, uh, oh, again, that's the wrong side of, uh, yeah. of, of this, uh, as you said, the, the record company as uh, so the record company business that's the wrong the wrong side of it uh, music is not something like it's not you know fast food or or anything like that it sometimes it takes time you need to also you know like resource yourself uh maybe you need to tour or work or whatever and it takes time so i don't know i don't know exactly how we can go on that side of things fast food yeah Mm. Yeah, fast food, fast food music is not. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, as an artist, I'm kind of crazy. I produce a lot mm -hmm. of content just because I have this home studio and I just keep on doing it. And, it, you know, but not every artist like records every day, you know, and, and, and like I have a tendency just because like, I do. And for artists like that, you know, we can we can put out a lot of content. Um, but, you know, whether or not we should be putting all of that content out. You know, you hold back things, you work on things, you, you want to build it out. You want to see like, oh, do these songs go together? You know, so yeah, I mean, I think this whole idea is this kind of fast food kind of aspect. You know, you got to playlist this, you got to get on this playlist every week or every two weeks or every month or every two months. Yeah, it's like, what does that create? I mean, back in the, in mm -hmm. the 60s, like Motown had that yeah. strategy and it did create a lot of good music. So, I mean, there are, but it had a machine with the Funk Brothers and you had really mm, top players mm. that could generate high quality music. <laughs> um, so like in some types of things, like, yeah, okay, maybe 
like if you're at Stax or Motown and you've got the Funk Brothers yeah. and you've got Smokey Robinson, you got Marvin Gaye writing the song. Yeah. That and actually okay, even and the numbers of, of people working at the time. <laughs> and also one fact, people were paying for listening to music. <laughs> and people were paying and yeah, they got they the radio and everything. Nowadays, paying, yeah. it's completely different. Uh, it, there's like millions of people doing music. Uh, at the time, it wasn't the case. Yeah, it but wasn't it, at, at the same time as people, you know, they don't listen more than, you know, 30 seconds of a song. Yes. If, and then, you know, swipe on to the next one because, oh, I know. It's a, yeah, yeah. You know, people don't have, you know, time. I don't know what it is, but, you know, you don't have uh, the patience, the time to, you know, listen from A to B, you know, and listen through things and you know what is this i mean when i was buying records yeah, i was buying it and then i had to like it because it was kind of quite of expensive you know and uh, you know if you didn't like it the first time you maybe the 10th time or the 20th time then then you really you know you, the the, the mu yeah music you know it's you grew into yeah, you, you somehow now it's just you no know, well, I think the problem today is we've too, too many distractions. I think part of the problem is you've got a whole generation that is willing to spend mm. like $70 for an Xbox PlayStation game and yeah. spend, spend hours and hours on that content in the same way that in the 70s. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and you just watch, you know, like the envelope hours. and, you know, every, right? you knew and, all the lyrics, you knew everything, yeah. you know, who wrote the songs and you were a real nerd about everything and you really had time. Yeah. But people will spend that time on their game, you know, that, so I think what we have today, we have a, a market mm, that will mm. spend a hundred hours on a game. Exactly. But 30 seconds on a song. Um, and so it's kind of like, so it's hard to get the, the interest into, you mm. know, listening to music from musicians unless it really somehow mm. kicks on social media that you should do it. Um, and so our strategies, we have to try to get our songs into, you know, TV and advertisement and movies and other ways through sync licensing mm. to kind of get that attention. You know, we have to get our get our music into video games. You know, I've been really heavily looking at getting electronic. Actually, music I have re I have been reading a lot of music for for uh, the uh, Paradox. Uh, what is it called Paradox? Uh, it's like um, you know they sell music to uh, commercial centers like everywhere in the world. Yeah, but also uh, like but also in video games. In video games. So actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is a. Yeah, so actually, it I have a yeah, band yeah. called Lily LaRue inside, uh, <laughs> I don't know the name of, uh, well, wait a minute, what what is the name of the video game? Do you say video I game? I don't know. Video game, I don't Anyhow, know. and I've actually been touring on their events, <laughs> and then it's just gamers. And 10, all these 000. gamers, you know, mm -hmm. they know this band, but no one outside that doesn't play these games knows of this band but you know there's also a big audience and it's a big yeah. um, opportunity a lot of money and yeah yeah the gamer gamer world you get you get on the right game can actually get royalties yeah. that can be higher than you get on spotify you know even though we're part of spotify <laughs> so you know not to get them upset but <laughs> the fact is mm. they, they, they're they're if you get your song in the sync licensing and you get into mm -hmm. a game or a TV show or Madison Avenue ad in New York, yeah. 
you'll make more money than you make all year on Spotify, you know, um, um, or for the next five years um, <laughs> than you make on Spotify if you're an average musician. But um, yeah, so so it's like, you know, different venues and different ways to get our music out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been doing influence marketing um, because pod- podcasting is really interesting. If you're a band and you create a podcast and then you start like interviewing people like what I did, I, I mean, I'm a band and a musician. I started creating a podcast. Yeah. I, I, I get more revenue from this podcast than I do from my music and then it funds my music. Um, so, so it's just like, okay, this whole new media and in the, in the pay rate yeah. for the podcast is higher than my pay rate for my music. I don't and know. It's like, why is music being devalued? You know, I like I like being a podcaster, but the fact is, why is it that my podcast for episode? I don't know. Higher than my it's like rate? it's the same. You know that you you can see now in in Sweden that uh, <laughs> now with Corona, uh, all the theaters, all the culture is cancelled. Uh, uh, but you can still go to cinemas, but not anymore, but, you know, in the beginning, the theater was closed, but the cinemas was open and you could, um, mm-hmm. you can go to the store, you can go to the supermarket, but you could not uh, see a show or, you know, you cannot play live and, uh, you know, so I think this yeah. goes through in, uh, in the society uh, generally that the culture and the music, it's, you know, it's not that priority. Well, I think after Nap after Napster and then the iTunes and then Spotify and Title All, I think exactly. what happened we got a devaluation of the art form of music as to what it what the value of it is. And hopefully I mm. think it always ends up being that we need like a phenomenal artist, like 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 a queen or a Michael Jackson or a Prince level artist or a brand, a brand new stone that a band is like big as the Beatles mm. of the Stones that gets people so excited. Yeah. Mm about an entire project not just one song but a band in mm. their entire project kind of like what happened with kurt cobain you know ev- yeah. everything kurt touched everybody like every song on those albums exactly you yeah. know that made people want to buy the whole record and i think it, it created the whole grunge movement yeah i mean all those seattle bands came from kurt you know doing what he was doing and suddenly there was a whole grunge market for like 10 years that 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 they created a whole new it was like insane i watched a documentary on it and so many bands were able to kind of kind of milk it not to milk it but i mean some of them were really good but they all kind of were able to jump on that and it Mm. created like a scene that was similar to like the british invasion you know (laughs) in terms of like oh the seattle thing is invading the whole planet (laughs) you know um so hopefully, you know, I think as artists, we had a hope, you know, that and we always work toward it. You never know if you're the band that does it. Yeah. But I think everybody just believing in what they do and loving what they do as art. Eventually, mm. there's going to be an artist that kind mm. of syncs with the time that we're in. And then that might, that, mm. that will, like, you know, it will rise all the boats. <laughs> rise all, you know, I think, so it's like everybody just keep on working hard and believe what you believe. And I, be, I believe in music. I believe yeah. that music has that kind of impact. Yeah. And it's going to be some artist. And it stands the, the test it. of yeah. time, yeah. usually. If it's great music. Yeah, I mean, yeah age, exactly. We, we get that. Every age, we get some artist that does that. So you guys, like, uh, is there next project? Yeah. Uh, are you guys still working on the next project? 
or, or is, are you going to be pushing like the current project? We'll do in parallel. I think we're going to, uh, we just released this, uh, these songs like two days ago on, uh, on the, wait, uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah. So we're, we're going to try to get this out as much as we can, maybe pay for a little yeah, bit of yeah. uh, promotion. But uh, apparently we're going on, on the parallel, we're going to work on new songs mm-hmm. and try to get consistent about it. And as soon as we can, can, as soon as we can, we're going to play mm-hmm. live yeah. somewhere. Oh, I can't wait. Well, we're, 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 we're going to push this because one cool thing we can do on this podcast, we can actually put your link. So we're going to put the link to this EP on on this podcast and we're going to push it on our social media platforms and um it's part of what we do when we do uh an interview is we push the artist's work um oh, that's so awesome we are going Thank to you so push much. your new ep as part of this podcast and um and push it out there you know we've been uh well we've reposted it we're gonna do some other things uh we even do like a blogger article with a little blogger thing that we push up on our GoDaddy. but yeah um we just feel that musicians need to be heard. So we try to get this kind of form where people can get this long form interview oh, that's awesome. with the band so they can find out what the band's about. Uh, more than just like a 10 minute thing, we try to talk to you as long as we can. So if you guys, you know, have other projects, you know, in the 2021 that you want to push or you're, you're working on some new thing you want to talk about, feel free to contact us. We talk to bands multiple times, tons of artists we've talked oh. to. We talked to three, four times in the last uh, three years. So yeah, we, we love to push um, the artists we talk to and uh, and find out where they are. So in six months from now, if you got something yeah. else you're working on, you know, get us, yeah. give us- Awesome, a, thank you very much. So That's much. great. Was great. You thank you for the great job you're doing for independent artists. And it's great, it's great to hear that. Yeah. We, we have to help each other. And I've, I've been trying to put them together um, in the time that we have left, it's like I'm, I'm looking into video streaming and doing like a video streaming type of show where I would mm-hmm. like allow people to do kind of like an unplugged from wherever they are for like a 20 minutes. And then, you know, then kind of talk to you and then you guys can and then you're able to present your like your your video uh, stream through my program. And so then maybe you're able to reach some people that you wouldn't do, oh, that's really do cool. by yourself. Um, so we're working on something like that. Um, and we'll we'll be in touch with you if you have the capability to do like a StreamYard type of program where you could just, uh, you know, play something for like 20 minutes or 10, 15 minutes, whatever. Uh, we're working on that. So we'll, yeah. we'll get in touch with you when we're ready for that. Sounds cool. interesting. We yeah. are working on that. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk to you later and uh, we'll push this up in the next hour. We'll send you the links. We've had trouble with Instagram for some reason. Some kind of European regulation changed and they doesn't let us send the hyperlinks. So we will send you the links to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor through your email. And we okay. will also oh, be thank you so much. much. Our thank story you. on Instagram, so you'll see them there. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate nice talking it. to you. Yeah, nice. Okay. Thank you. Have a good bye, day. Bye bye.